Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing an arc that uh, aired for the Clone Wars at Celebration 7, or Celebration Anaheim, I guess, uh, titled Bad Batch. But I think we have one announcement real fast. Tom, you want to give that to us? Um... I can, and I guess, William, you'll do the episode rundown. Um, so Kevin Kiner posted 23 tracks from Rebels on his website. 13 of them are from the Clone Wars or from StarWars.com episode guides. That's the first one. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, Andy Serkis has been announced as playing the Supreme Leader. Is it Snoke? Yes. In, yeah. Okay. And that's going to be in the new Star Wars, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, coming in December of this year. So we now have a name for the main villain, or at least the Supreme Leader. Wait, is he? I don't think we know he's the main villain. I don't um, think we know anything about his. We don't character. know anything. I mean, there's a making Star Wars has all sorts of great rumors, but officially we don't know anything. I just love rumors. I mean, okay, look at so look at his I, face. Look at his face. He's I, got to be a Okay, villain. hold on, hold on. That's a photo of him being mocapped. Oh, no, that I understand. Yeah. But he looks mad. Sure, he could be a good guy who's yeah, mad. I know. Well, that's true. <laughs> you don't know he's a villain. I hear he's <clears> obsessed <throat> with, he's like kind of a little tiny creature who's really obsessed with a ring. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about, I thought you were talking about that guy from uh, Into the Void. That was a tiny creature, not obsessed with a ring, but obsessed with, like, Gascon, a very loud voice, but a small guy. Gascon, that's right. There you go. Exactly. <clears throat> you heard well, it here first. Confirmed. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lieutenant Gascon going to be in uh, The Force Awakens. No. But God, uh, it, it's funny you actually bring up Gascon because that episode was written by our a good friend of the show, Brett Friedman, Correct. as was the Bad Batch arc that they aired at... Um, they screened at uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, as Steven said at the top of the show. And uh, what's so exciting about this is <clears throat> we had the opportunity to watch it on, I believe it was Friday morning uh, of Celebration Anaheim. Uh, we watched the the whole Bad Batch arc, and then they had a Q&A with um, Pablo Hidalgo and Brent Friedman and Matt McNamitz. That's right, it was Friday. Afterward. And... Uh, and at the time, they weren't sure if this was ever going to be released online. But sure enough, <clears throat> not too long after um, Celebration Anaheim, they did put up the episodes. And now we're finally going to uh, to review them. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to start off with Star Wars The Clone Wars. Wow, feels good to you reviewing Clone Wars again. Uh, Absolutely. Bad Batch. This was written by Brent Friedman and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. In this episode... Rex, Cody, and Clone Force 99, an unorthodox elite squad known as the Bad Batch, look to recover the Republic's strategy algorithm from Admiral Trench, but a haunting truth awaits. And, you know, this... The Jedi fortune cookie typically has some sort of, you know, um, supposedly wise saying, you know, for each episode, kind of that ties, that ties into the theme of the episode. But this one was... 
very poignant and, and, and kind of a nice touch from, from Lucasfilm. And it basically started by saying, they, they, they kicked off the episode with the fortune cookie, the battles are over, but the heroes live on. Thank you, Clone Wars fans. Can I say something on that? I know there's three follow-on episodes. I'm happy they did this on the first episode instead of the last one because the other three actually had fortune cookies to go with them. And I love how they started it out with this, almost like it's a nod to us saying, look, thank you. Enjoy these last four episodes of The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of make me yeah. wonder if these are the last four we will ever get as part of the uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars legacy series you know uh these unfinished episodes now Uh, these are not these are not considered within canon correct um you know that's an excellent question i think i think they pretty much again don't quote me on this i I seen over there they're pretty much canon um unless they're not unless they're not i would say they're probably more canon than legends only because um you know they they were intended to they fully intended to release these episodes. They were written with you know George Lucas and everything. Mm-hmm. They just canceled the series before they could, you know, get to completion. Right, um, yeah. And just yeah, like was... those stories turned into other canon works, uh, you know, comics, books, whatever. I suspect these are canon, Stephen. I was gonna say I think I want to say I remember hearing that this question got asked at the canon panel mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Pablo Hidalgo. Mm-hmm. And it fits into a weird place, if only because, uh, like, so you think about some of the clips we saw from other episodes, like, you know, the Boba Fett arc or things like that. Those are are less canon. Like, not only are they only clips and not full episodes, but just, you know, they're not sure if what the story is going to be going forward, because there's no story mm-hmm. group involvement during these episodes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think, yeah, they're better than Legends, but not. But that's it. Like there, I wouldn't. I'd be hesitant to. I'll call them actually canon. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I how I see it there. Um, but I, I thought it was a really nice gesture on behalf of Lucasfilm to kind of thank the fans and and kind of kick things off. And it was it was very very touching. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and you know th- these episodes, just for those of you who have not seen it, and hopefully you have, but. Um, they uh, they're unfinished. They're essentially the you know the very very early draft I would say of the of the show. Tom, you can probably speak to this better than I can, mm-hmm. but um, the, they use these essentially like animatics to figure out you know what's the shot like, um, you know how, how would the episode feel basically before they completely finish it and put it all together with all the polish and finishing touches and so. Um, for these episodes, they did go back and they recorded uh, audio and added in any sound effects that they hadn't um, finished at the time. Um, so it's got full dialogue, full sound effects, but the animation itself is unfinished. And so you can see lots of um, you know, rough edges. You know, characters will uh, be talking and their mouths, mouths won't move, or maybe they'll walk across the ground and they'll, they'll kind of be like an action figure almost, where their legs aren't moving; they're just sliding across. The, the floor it's it's more for like a camera blocking think of it like live action to where you're going to be camera blocking something out and you're working out the details before you finish the actual scene and that's how this looked exactly very very yeah. rough unfinished colors like the planet i think at one point there was a there was a planet that said like Tenth yellow, yellow planet, planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know you still get 
the feel of these episodes. And honestly, I think the quality of this one was even better than the Utapau uh, legacy arc. Um, yeah, and I, I once think... you're actually watching it, it feels like you're watching a, a movie. Steven? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was going to say, it's... Go ahead, go ahead Steven, Tom. sorry. No, no, no okay. go ahead. I was going to say, the one thing I really appreciated is, even though the animation is not final, you still get the kind of the big poses. Mm-hmm. And so, ev- like, these episodes are, I would call, fairly action-heavy, and I you feel free to disagree with me, but... It's really nice that even when, you know, we've got these heavy action scenes, you can still, you know, watch Hunter dive around and, you know, chop people up with his knife or chop droids up with his knife. Mm. And, you know, it, he does it in like three big movements that don't have any, you know, animation between them. It still feels really, really well done. I think after like a you, while... You get the sense of the movement. Yeah. When you watch these episodes, you start... Your mind starts accepting it for what it is. And you can kind of finish off what you think you're seeing you know the only thing missing is the actual lip dial lips moving to the dialogue but other than that you can get a sense of what's going on by the actions yeah the effects are kind of wonky they're not finished but still you get all the feel of the episode and what really makes it is they took the time to put in the actual they put in sound effects music dialogue so basically other than the animation they are kind of finished episodes. They're even probably timed correctly to run for like a 22, 20, you know, 22 and a half minute yep. episode. They have, they have commercial breaks. Yep. Commercial uh, breaks there. Fade to black and fade back. Yep. And anyway, but that, so that's the, the uh, context behind the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we kind of start off on the planet of Anaxis, which is a, uh, for those of you who may not know, a famous planet from, I don't know, okay, maybe famous is a strong word. It's a w- fairly well-known-ish planet from the Legends universe, uh, one of the major shipyards for the Republic, um, being attacked by Admiral Trench. And this is, I want to say, the first time we've seen him since, like, what, season two, season three? Yep. I think before, uh, we've not seen him at all because we thought he was dead. Because remember, I, thought- I think... I thought we knew he'd come back because he's got his, you know, his uh, cyborg face. But maybe oh, I'm remembering another concept art from another celebration or I don't know. I, I'm fuzzy on when we last saw him. It was still cool to see Trench come back. Put it that way. Yeah. I think it was ever since the um, the season one prequel. We haven't really we haven't seen him. That was in it was a, it was a prequel to season one that aired in season two or three. With... Yeah. Or no, 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 no. Trench was in the, um, he was in the Lost Missions. I forgot. Was he? Oh, yeah. yes, he was. Thank you. Yeah, and where he, he got wasn't. his his robot arm and everything. That was in the uh, Order 66 arc. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm have Trench to go, was in that one as well. I have to go back and watch that. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. But the, the cool thing about um, uh, Anexus is that, you know, this planet was actually shown in Star Wars Rebels recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you'll remember, um, he's correct. Yeah, uh, in uh, Out of Darkness, I believe yes, it was Out of Darkness. Uh, when they land on uh, on that old Republic base with all the wreckage, and they face the the Fearnox, um, that all happened on a Nexus. You know, when they go pick up the the cargo from Fulcrum, and so this is, happens to be the exact same base if you look carefully. That uh, those two, I believe, Rebels episodes mm-hmm. is on. Um, so that that's really cool, actually, that, that we get to go back to this planet and see what happened to it before it uh, 
the fort was destroyed and you, know, you see all the republic gunships on it uh strewn about and in rebels and uh, you know that all came from this battle or maybe a, a later battle but somehow something ended up something ended up making the rebels uh, i'm sorry making the republic leave that base the way it was and then with all the destruction around it to cause what happened in the rebel episodes to happen so you gotta look at it that way yeah so i i thought that was really cool that we get to go back to an axis and kind of i mean leaks. back to this is the this, well this happens yeah, it's first timeline wise, <laughs> timeline wise that in, is in a roundabout way uh, but yeah, so we, we get we get Admiral Trench, we get Anaxis, and uh, we get Mace Windu and Anakin leading the counterattack that I guess been lasting for weeks, and you know they're trying to weaken the defenses, um, but they're just they're just losing, you know they they, they can't defend against um, the the incoming separatists, and they keep losing, and so you know they realize that there's this algorithm that's you know, basically supposedly showing the weaknesses in the Republic defenses and uh, somehow somehow Trench got a hold of it and is using it against the uh, the Republic so they can basically mm-hmm. predict what they're going to do before they do it. Um, yeah. Steve, Tom? Uh, yeah, I was going to jump in there. It, for the algorithm, I mean, you kind of feel sorry because it was Rex who came up with this algorithm and he meant it for the best purposes of he's trying to think of tactics to where somebody could use against them and he was trying to figure out what their weaknesses are with this out with, with the republic algorithm he came up with and if he could find out where the republic weaknesses are he could tell the republic hey this is a way that we could strengthen those weaknesses and sadly somehow that algorithm of rex did get out so this is the thing that caused you know what's going on and kicked off the whole four-part arc is they've got to figure out where this is coming from and how to get it back. And then, you know, here you've got Rex, who, you know, is a really stand-up clone. He's being drilled like, you know, who knew all this? You know, and especially if Mace is drilling you down going, who knew all this? And it's like, well, only two other clones knew of it, Fives and Echo. And that's where the fun begins because... It's, it's interesting to me that Rex was able to develop this algorithm kind of all by himself. That seems like yeah. something, especially if he can predict the Republic's moves perfectly. Mm-hmm. That seems like something that would be very tricky and probably outside of his skill set in many ways. It mm-hmm. definitely struck me as a uh, an idea of convenience, a way to get the story going more than... It was more of a plot point. Yeah, it you know, a am blanking on what it's called. Tom, help me out here. Famous... When you, you've got something that doesn't matter, but it's to get the... No, 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 no. Oh, um, MacGuffin? No. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, MacGuffin. MacGuffin. There you go. Hey, I got it right, MacGuffin. Yes, <laughs> it strikes me as a very, like, admittedly, a well-executed MacGuffin. Right. You know, just enough to get our heroes on the road, introduce our new heroes, and go from there. Right. Yep. But, uh, but Tom, you brought up Echo, and if you'll remember... Back in the Citadel arc, uh, Echo, we thought, died uh, trying to get to the shuttle. He was, I, b- I believe, it's been a while since I've seen these episodes, but I believe he was holding off the Separatists, um, trying to basically help everyone else escape. And in the process, um, he presumably died, and the rest of the clones I want to say, him. didn't we see him, you know, plummet off a cliff? Yeah, I believe he pulled off a cliff or was there like an explosion or something. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but 
Um, he was presumed dead. Mm-hmm. However, that's the easy way to say it. Only Fives and Echo and Rex knew about this algorithm, mm-hmm. and I guess Echo was someone who would I think he would re- check the algorithm all the time, and um, and and so it's very likely that uh, that he's somehow involved with the separatists. And it was interesting for Rex to say that Echo is kind of using it as almost like a stress relief, as like a way to um, natural. Okay, again, it was stress relief for him. It was something that he always used and and did. Just yeah, to some, get his mind off the battle. Yeah, he said he brought it with him. You know, downloaded it to his armor, which is really seems like a uh, poor idea when you're talking about something that can predict. You know, the Republic's the, every move that only yeah. eight clones in the entire army know about. And one of they... which was developed by a clone with seems over his skill level. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. But you know what? Let's not worry about that. Yeah. Minor <laughs> it's, details. It's, it's, minor, it's minor, minor details. It's a plot point to keep the story moving forward. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, this is a fantastic story. Getting into it, I mean, they kind of have to gloss over some details Great in order story. to, you know, kick things uh, into into gear. And, but, and remember, uh, it's, like, it's like I like to say, just it's a suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. run with it yeah so the, the other thing i found interesting was that there was no real discussion over uh, or around oh crap they have this algorithm that can predict what we're going to do should mm-hmm. we i mean i don't really know how the algorithm works it's not like they're decrypting communications um doesn't didn't sound like that at least so it's it's not like they just stop using this this particular type of encryption switch mm-hmm. um but is there any way to like outsmart it or, or do the opposite of what it thinks it would do? They don't really have any discussion about that, at least early on. But I think when you get later in the episodes, it seems oh, sure. like yeah. Then then they yeah. Then they I mean it, it yeah. It it does kind of work itself out because whatever Rex did, everything was already predetermined by this algorithm, regardless. Which seems so, pretty crazy. Yeah, it does. You know, especially like like was mentioned that it technically was above Rex's pay scale. But again, it was a way for Rex to say, hey, we need to take a small squad behind enemy lines. But Cody says, I got the perfect squad to do this. And that introduces Clone Force 99, which is the Bad Batch, which I do like to think of them as, and please don't shoot the messenger, but Karen Travis's Republic Commandos, that's kind of like the nulls she introduced at that point. Because they were just the... They weren't the first 12 or the first ones, but they were the clones that were kind of genetically experimented with to be a little bit not so clone-ish. Yeah. And and I have to wonder, so Clone Force 99 is a, is a very unique group. Uh, and like you said, they're very special. Um, I have to wonder, do you think they're named after 99 the old, old clone trooper um, from the, the Clone Wars series who, who died, who was also kind of defective. I don't know. It seems like a coincidence hey, that, that they would be both named 99. And Anyway. Interesting um, point. But yeah, Clone, War, clone Force 99 has had a lot of genetic modifications. Uh, they have a really awesome intro where... Um, they they kind of disembark from this this ship, and you see they're all very unique. You know they don't they don't look alike at all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's one guy who's obviously the big, um, the the you know the heavyweight of the group, Wrecker. He's big, strong. There's uh, Hunter, who looks kind of like Rambo in some ways. Yeah, that that's the one thing I would love to have seen him completely fleshed out. But that definitely reminded me of Rambo. Yeah, there's yep. a there's a you're you know kind of stereotypical tech guy. Uh, more of a he's so techy that he actually has two pairs of glasses. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, yes. And kind of like a um, a heads up display on uh, and stuff, uh, and then there's Crosshair, your sniper, and uh, you know he totes his sniper rifle around with him everywhere. That's Clint Eastwood all the way. <laughs> Nothing but Clint Eastwood. And uh, and yeah, they're they're kind of a, a, a interesting group for sure. And they're not t- you really work used to working with uh, clone troopers at all. They even make a comment about how they're not used to, you know, they don't normally work with regs or regulation clone troopers. Um, but uh, but they, they team up with Rex and uh, and Cody and uh, and Anakin and they have it's a... inter- there, there's an implication that Cody's worked with them before since he's the one who kind of right. introduced yeah. them. And we you can it's clear that the Bad Batch has a. Uh, certain amount of respect for Cody as well, mm-hmm. which they don't start with with Rex. And I'd love to, you know, see a book or a story at some point about, you know, how is it that Cody and our new friends, how like what was what's their backstory? What happened? Yeah, I would love to see that because, as you mentioned, like they start Rex starts to get into it with um, I believe it was Hunter at, uh, a, little, a little bit later on. And uh I'm trying to remember exactly which well, episode. That's I don't it. think it was. It wasn't Rex. I think it was. Wasn't it Jesse? Or yeah, one there's, of, there's yeah, Jesse the, and Kicks. Yeah, Jesse and Kicks. Because it was a squad of eight. Yeah. That originally, were put together for this before. Clones to go after at least the cyber center where they figured out the uh, transmission was coming from. Um, a squad of eight clones. Naturally, you had the four from uh, Clone Force 99, and then again, you had Rex, Cody, Kix, and Jesse to finish it out. So, yeah. Well, and of course, so they, they leave on their mission. Immediately, things go wrong. Uh, they get shot down partway there by a couple of droids. I guess that would be droids. There's not really much else that usually tries to shoot clones down, but no. <laughs> anyway, uh, we and. This is kind of our first opportunity for seeing what makes the Bad Batch so uh, special. Oh, this was excellent. And so, yeah, so Cody is hurt in the crash and is trapped underneath this crashed uh, Republic gunship. actually gun under the gunship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underneath it. And they're like, oh, we got to get Cody out of there. And it's like, and then Wrecker walks up and they're like, what is he doing? He's like, oh, he's, he's going to get the gunship off of Cody. And at that point, you see this really cool shot of him just flipping the entire thing over. Just no effort, just done. Mm-hmm. But Cody's hurt at this point. I mean, it looks like at this point, he's not able to continue the mission. So, you know, and then naturally they're trapped behind enemy lines. They, you know, what was it? There was the exp- no. It wasn't. It was the battle that actually happened after they get on the ground, and then you really f- find out how the Bad Batch works as a team, and they just go after the droids. You've got Wrecker grabbing this piece of wreckage 
uh, from the gunship. They get behind it, and naturally it has four slats to it. So as they're running, Wrecker's holding this piece of wreckage, goes running toward the, uh, the droid army, just plants it in the ground, and the four of them just let loose this rain of clone kick butt on these droids. It's impressive, to say the least. Yes. Now, to see that fully animated would have been sweet. Yeah. But even but so, still, I thought the whole battle was was pretty interesting, you know. Oh, you you still got you still got the whole feel of the battle just by what you saw on the screen because they there was no droid left behind. It was it was cool to watch. Yeah, well, I mean, you had you know um, Wrecker using a piece of the gunship as a shield, sniping thermal detonators at the sky um, by. Uh, um, uh, okay, uh, what's his name? Um, Crosshair. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and you know, and that's knife combat. All, all sorts of really cool stuff. And I, I know you, you guys mentioned this already, but just having Rucker lift up a Republic gunship mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. Like that yeah. takes some serious, serious strength. Yeah. It's. Um, it was all around a really well done scene, and you know mm. it's. After watching how the clones do things, or the regs do things, I should say, for so long, it's immediately apparent how the Bad Batch is different. Yeah. And that there's really no comparison. Yep. Um, you know, Co- Cody, of course, is is too injured to continue, uh, so kind of Rex ends up taking control. And, and then, yeah, I believe this is, this is where Rex and Crosshair kind of had this little debate where... You know, Crosshair's like, well, if you're so good, why did you need to call us in? Uh, so there's a little bit of competition between the groups. But uh, they, they're able to sort it out and work together. And they, they basically take over an outpost um, on their way to the cyber sector. Um, and uh, I thought that was a really cool shot as they're coming up the elevator. And you see, you know, they're all kind of back to back in the in the center of this of the room, and the elevator just comes out of the floor, and they attack all the droids uh, standing around them. Um, so yeah, it, it was fun, fun, uh, fun scene, and uh, and then they make their way over to the cyber center where they can try to find out where the signal, the algorithm is coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's there's the cyber center, and then there's the uh, what do you call it, the, the, the like outpost type thing. Mm-hmm. And Rex takes. I think this is the moment when Rex really gets the respect of the Bad Batch. He just, you know, let's take a page out of your playbook. Let's just run up there and kill everything. And there's this nice long shot in the cyber center, watching all of the clones take out the droids. I thought it was just it was really well done. And even in this early state, the animation on it mm-hmm. was really really good i thought yeah yeah this 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 was again i mean i would love to see you're never going to see it but would love to have seen it completed yeah but also also the one thing we never touched on that when it came to the clones the bad batch their armor was even different than ah, the rags you know and it was custom to them so very so much anyway, so. yeah, yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, yeah. and I, I noticed the they had a 
you know, Republic Commando weapons. Yep, yep. DC-17. DC, thank you, DC-17s and, um, you know, unique armor and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really cool. They, uh, of course, Trench, Trench's forces realize what's happening. They, they take back the outpost, but... Uh, but the warning to the cyber center comes too late. Uh, well, it's always too late. It's always too about, late. About a second too late. Warning. Yeah. As, true. As that the, is true. I mean, they they got half the a second warning takes before. A, brain, a bullet to the brain. Yes. Exactly. I, don't, I guess and... it's not a direct brain. It's the processor. Yeah. Bullet well, to a processor. processor and the photoreceptors. Um, but they get inside tech hacks into the system with, uh, with Rex next to him and they realize that it's not a program. It's a live signal from Skako minor. And they hear over and over again, the identifi- identifier CT one, four zero nine. That of course is echoes number and the close retreat knowing that echo must be alive. Well, it's at this point I don't think they're sh- they're sure if he's alive, but there is somehow echo is involved because yes you do hear we hear him repeating his, yeah you hear him repeating it his ID yeah. over and yeah. over and over Rex is pretty convinced at this point yeah now I mean I have to ask you guys real quick going into this we knew that Echo was still alive I mean I think was it a year ago or so Dave Filoni posted concept art. Um, of Echo teasing that, that he was not dead. And then um, we all it was kind of advertised at Celebration as being, you know, the, the arc that's all about Echo, mm-hmm. right? Do you guys wish this had been more of a surprise? Or do you like the fact that we clearly knew this was all about Echo? Um, I, it's tough. I think this is one of those areas where there's no, there isn't really a satisfactory answer, just because it's this is all extra content that we, you know, they could have canceled the show and mm-hmm. we never would have known Echo was alive in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And you know, Dave Filoni's talked a lot about how they keep throwing content out because you know he, the Clone Wars fans are insatiable. Like you kiss, there's nothing that keeps them satisfied other than new content. Mm-hmm. Or and bring so I think, it back. And I think so. this is what kind of happens is they keep doling it out piece by piece and then discover that, oh, well, hey, we need another panel of celebration. Oh, let's do another Clone, War, uh, Clone Wars panel. And they're like, you know what? That is a great idea. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so, you really want to get attract people and get them to watch it. Yeah. yeah so that I, sort of thing. So you kind of have to advertise it. I think it would have probably been a little bit better if we hadn't known about Echo. But on the other hand, I, I'm not upset about the fact that we did. Oh, no. I thought it still all. worked. And the meat of this episode, for me at least, was the uh, the Bad Batch and watching mm-hmm. them fight and do their thing. Mm-hmm. That stuff with Echo at the end, I thought, like, it's it's a nice teaser for the next episode, but it's not really the important thing. Yeah, and I, I did kind of like, you know, there's definitely that sense of anticipation where you're watching the whole episode going, okay, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, when is it going to happen? You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. That, that made it, made it well, interesting. You actually did know it was going to happen in the next episode because it was the Clone Wars a Distant Echo. This was written by Brent Freeman and directed <laughs> by Stuart Lee. And the synopsis for this was Echo may still be alive and Rex's mission becomes doubly important. Alongside Bad Batch and Anakin Skywalker, the clone captain launches a dangerous covert rescue. And the fortune cookie for it was, actually is, or however you want to say it, wars are not won with superior weapons, but with superior strategy. 
So you're talking about Echo. Well, at this one, this one leads to where you're taking a strike group to Skeko Minor to retrieve Arc Trooper Echo because they do believe he is alive at this point. Yeah, and I, I have to say a couple couple notes on the beginning of this episode. Uh, first thing, I actually really like the shot at the, the basically the establishing shot right yeah, after the, the opening shot going in. Um, right after the, the you know the, the standard you know. Uh, intro basically or the recap um with uh with with tom kane um but the the establishing shot is basically one long uh shot that kind of weaves around and below and above um there i think there was a arc 170 and atte and all this kind of stuff until it finally zooms in far enough that it's focused on our heroes and, and it kind of spins around them a little bit before finally cutting to a new shot and i just thought it was a really cool visual there and i thought um steward lee did a a really neat nice job there yeah for, for yeah. certain uh and the other the other note is um Skeko minor is the uh the home world of the uh the techno union army and the skakoans like wat tambor uh for for those of you who are curious and uh, i think this is the first time we've seen uh Skeko in uh in the clone wars or other TV or movies. I don't remember it yeah. being it is to my other than this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It took me a while to even figure out how to spell it and everything else because I don't remember it ever being brought up in any of the other episodes. <laughs> no, no. But um, but it was nice. Like I mean, that is what was established in what is now Legends. Mm-hmm. So it was nice they're keeping with canon there. Yep. Um, but they decide to use the uh, the Bad Batches ship. Uh, so they're you know not quite as conspicuous, and um, apparently we find out this this all happened off camera. But the council rejected this mission, um, and they said that you know they were not going to go rescue Echo, which is fascinating to me. You'd think that they would want to eliminate this upper hand the separatists have, with mm-hmm. uh, which is exactly what uh, I believe Rex makes the argument about um, but so i think like many times with the jedi council it's less a matter of not that the mission needs to be done but we should not be sending anakin or rex on it ah. people who have a bit too much of a uh, personal investment you might call it yes well that is certainly well, true yeah but but it's it's funny how you've got obi-wan is sitting here trying to oh in a nice obi-wan way trying to talk them out of doing this is how I took it. But, you know, with Anakin going, look, you know, it's a simple, you know, snatch and grab, you know, we'll be in and out before anybody notices. It's kind of like, you know, seriously for you, Anakin, it's a snatch and grab, but I know I'm not going to talk you out of it. So Obi-Wan's like, ah, may the force be with you, you know, but remember, you know, realize you're on your own, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it's Anakin. What does he do? He just goes, yeah. What are you gonna do? He has to. Yeah. He basically gives in and. Yeah. There's not, not a whole. I mean, once Anakin sets his mind on something, unless you really want to stand in his way, there's not a whole lot you can do. No. 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 Well, now there's going to be something interesting coming up because, as they start walking over <laughs> to the Bad Batch ship, there's kind of a look up to the nose art that's on the side of the ship, and what does Anakin see? But this nice pose of Padme. And yeah, you hear stuff. Yeah, that's our girl. 
And I think it was Wrecker who said, she can negotiate with me anytime. You know, Dave Filoni had teased this the day before at, uh, you know, one of the Clone Wars panels. And then seeing it the next day. Yes, that's very even, true. Was, this is one of those cases where even knowing what was coming, it was still It was just, a funny, funny moment. Naturally, Anakin fantastic. is not pleased whatsoever. And he makes a comment like, that is not staying there. <laughs> yeah, I would I would love to that I would have loved to have seen animated. I really would have just to see the, I know it's animation but to see what kind of an, the, the animator would have put into his body language. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean it, it, that's really all we we see of it. It never comes up again. Um so you don't know if they actually remove it or not. But uh definitely a a funny moment. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the galaxy, Trench warns Wat Tambor that an attack is coming. Uh, they're able to, to to figure out where the where the Re- Republic is headed, um, and uh, and so he basically prepares for attack. Now, I the the next kind of scenes I find interesting is okay. So you need to have some dialogue happening between the. We're leaving to go on this mission, and before we get there, so they're inside the Bad Batch ship. And what I find interesting is the question of, you know, how do these guys get their missions? Because they are a Republic, we will call them Republic Commando Unit, and it seems like they've been on a lot. And if I remember correct, Hunter kind of said too many to explain, but they really have never been given orders just somehow the way it's explained away is. Trouble always finds them. Or they yeah, find trouble first. Yeah, or they find it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, one I, of those I, moments that it's it's more narratively dramatic than mm-hmm. actually helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do wonder, like, are they basically like a rogue group that does whatever they want? Were they defective and basically kicked out, for lack of a better word, of the uh, of soldiers the Republic of, Army? Soldiers Sorry. of Fortune. Yes. There you go. On dishonorably then... chart honor. Dun, dun. Okay. Exactly. Okay, wait a minute. Then to kind of compare that, are we kind of taking that the aspect of I think it is in now the Legends universe, isn't it? Uh, the Emperor's Emperor's. Oh God, who are those four clone troopers that defected that Mara Jade? Uh, uh, the now what's it called? The Emperor's hand. I was going to say Emperor's hand, but something like That's that. That's not right. No, because no. Mara Jade is the Emperor's hand, and I'm. Yes. I'm trying to remember what they, but basically it seems like they're along that line. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar. Yep. But first, um, so they, they land on the planet and they're immediately attacked by these flying creatures, uh, which I believe are called, uh, Kiridex. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they get outside and they, they find that there's these, um, this primitive tribe actually that are, that are flying these creatures around. And one of the, one of the creatures picks up Anakin and starts to fly off with them. And record quickly latches on with a grappling hook and basically hangs off of this, uh, this cure deck as they fly across the, the, the land, basically uh, across the terrain. Uh, eventually the rest of the clones catch up and Anakin is, has basically been kidnapped and is um, uh, imprisoned, basically, at the, uh, the this camp. I think at, at this point he's underneath. Uh, he's been p- ping, pinned down by the the Kyrdak, and the the chieftain, uh, the chief, is trying to communicate with him, but not doing a very good job, considering they don't speak the same same language. 
Mm-hmm. So, of course, the clones breach the camp with a big rock slide, rescue Anakin, and then talk with the chief and uh, and basically convince them to help, right? Because um, they want nothing to do with the war, but mm-hmm. they say, hey, if you, you help us, we'll leave the planet for good. Kind of a... Uh, Kind of reminds me of the situation with the Gungans and Boss Nass in many ways. You know, mm-hmm. Didn't really want to be involved at first, but they decide to help anyway. And as you, you'll see later, eventually they do get kind of involved uh, in oh, the war. It's almost like later they yeah. really didn't have much of a choice mm-hmm. because war was yeah. going to find them regardless. What actually struck me, and this only happened when I was watching the episode again, uh, these guys reminded me a lot of the, uh, in terms of how they spoke, of the Rakatans from Knights of the Old Republic. Ah, that's a good point. Like, it was driving me nuts because I'm like, I, have I heard these? Okay, like, I didn't Knights of the Old Republic. I missed yeah. it. Are, okay. they, are they part of the Rakatan Empire? <laughs> uh, somehow I doubt that. But <laughs> I, it, it, I, I would be more inclined to believe that if anything, it's a coincidence or at most it's a, hey, that was kind of a cool sound effect. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe even a, hey, we need a voice, like a language for these guys. And we're not ready to, like, this episode isn't even done yet. What should we do? Oh, hey, there's just borrow sound effects from Knights of the Old Republic. Or, well, yeah, I, whatever I thought it was be. interesting. For the sound effects, what was interesting, it seemed like it was a, somebody recorded dialogue backward. But what was cool, and if you notice how Tech was kind of translating it, with his really cool visor that I had his that. universal translator, it's almost like it was taking the dialogue, Powered if I saw this correctly, <laughs> taking the dialogue that was being translated in red and kind of glossed it over into green so we could translate it. But it was almost like it was taking that dialogue and, f- I think, flipping it to where it was backward one way, forward the other way to translate it. I Unless I'm wrong, I thought it was cool anyway. But it Oh, was I, I love that little, that little thing. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of like uh, the Star Wars version of the Skype translator, you know, where you're, you're yeah. talking at the same time and it's converting live. Um. It, it it was really cool. I like that little touch there, and the fact that you just got to see through uh, through his eyes in general. Yep, it was cool. Um, of course, from there we go to the the city, and man, Wrecker is he gets all the best lines in this arc. He really does. I love this. I love this. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, the the city's up high. I basically imagine these these cities on stilts, like Cloud City, if it was on a giant stilt. Um, and uh, so Anakin, you know, makes a comment about you know, if anyone's afraid of heights. And Wrecker says, "I'm not scared of nothing, but when I'm up real high, I have a problem with gravity." <laughs> Just so great. Uh, he has some even better lines later on. Yeah, uh, I think he's one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'll say, I think he's my favorite member of the Bad Batch, uh, for sure. Interesting. Um, I want action figures. No, it's not going to happen, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. It, we can dream, the, Tom. The, the unfinished, unfinished action figure style. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Tom? Got, like, next time, holes in his neck. And... Tom, next time I see you, I'll just give you a chunk of plastic. It's it's still in development, but it's actually his action figure, I promise. Okay. okay? All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's Wrecker. I'll say it's Wrecker. So... Now, this is a point in which, you know, they're getting close to the city and Tech is trying to figure out why he's he's kind of got echo signal, kind of losing it. So it seems like it, it's intermittent. And this is where it's like Hunter's going, you know what? There's a very good possibility this could be it could be a trap. But Rex comes up with a very good line. 
And he's like, you know what? Every mission we go on could be a trap. So you know what? This one is not any different. Mm -hmm. Of course, this leads to another scuffle between the clones, this time with Rex and Crosshairs. Um, So they're they're definitely not getting along the best. Uh, Actually, no, it was Rex and Crosshair again. This is the second time they've gotten into it. This is so this is really interesting. So they're getting into this argument about the fact that what if uh, Echo is a traitor? You know? mm-hmm. And Crosshair has this interesting line about, oh, you know, if like they don't pay me enough to be loyal if I get captured or like if I get left behind, I'm, I know what side I'm picking. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And Tom, we talked about this a lot, but this is the first of a couple of times they bring up this idea that Echo might be a traitor. Yep. Which, and as we've said many times, if you point something out, you want to you don't. You have to at least use it or address it. Yeah, I, this is something that gets dropped. Well, but in this way, when not not to jump ahead, but it seemed like it's he was used. Well, no, you know, we'll we'll get there at that point. I mean, they do call attention to it as the possibility of being a traitor, um, and and it's like you know what, you know. Anakin did have to sit there and look at Rex and go, you know, there is a possibility, Rex, that Echo could have turned. Now, Rex is steadfast that there's no way Echo would have turned. There had to have been something, you know, but, and and this I found very surprising of Rex, if somehow, and if I read this correctly, if somehow it is found out that Echo did turn, then Rex is the one that is going to do what has to be done, mm-hmm. you know, which I found that very interesting, but still, you know, I don't know. They called it out, but to me, there is an explanation later about, you know, I could live with it. Cause yeah. I even thought at a certain point that, okay, we're going to get there when he gets there. So, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, this, this, this is not the, uh, the end of the story, uh, whatsoever. You know, the, there was intended to be another four episodes, I believe, about the Bad Batch after and an and Echo after this one uh, with Yoda and some other cool stuff. So not everything would be resolved. It'd be interesting. I wonder if, you know, he might still be uh, a, a traitor, but it, it certainly does not sound like it. I mean, at, at this point, they're thinking, oh, Echo's sitting in a room spilling all of his secrets to right. the Separatists, which, as we find out shortly, is... Definitely not even close. Not no. what happened. No. Yeah. Well, well. Uh, r- remember, we find out also shortly they're supposed to enter this, you know, building in a stealthy manner, but naturally it never happens stealthily. Of course, of course, yeah. and, and of course, Wrecker gets all excited about that. He's like, as soon as the fight starts, he's like, now we're talking, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, your, your typical guy who just absolutely loves to fight um, and blow things up. Um, especially the blowing things up oh, mm-hmm. that is for sure oh, that's that's called later <laughs> yeah but they they trace uh the signal to this room with a, a locked door and you know while tech's sitting there trying to open it Watt tambor appears on the screen and so this is this is the interesting part you know as if you remember in attack of the clones um a lot of these uh allies i guess of the separatists were trying to appear neutral so they could kind mm-hmm. of serve both sides of the war. 
Uh, and the same is true for Watambo, Tambor, and the Techno Union. So, uh, you know, Skekor Miners basically said, oh, we're a neutral planet. Uh, we're not going to be involved in the war. And, uh, and so Tambor is trying to use this attack by the Republic as an excuse to join the separatists by saying, oh, the Republic attacked us, so clearly we should you know, go after them. Um, so everything is proceeding as Tambor had foreseen in a somewhat Palpatine manner. And, uh, and so he sends his droids to attack the invaders, uh, our, our good old clone troopers. Uh, and that's when they run into the, the room and they find a stasis chamber attached to a bunch of computers. And who is inside? But Echo. It's Echo. It's Fives. Wait, no. No. So uh, I felt so bad for Echo looking at mm-hmm. him. Like He wasn't just in a stasis chamber. He was basically plugged in to the central computer. He was he was like a living machine. I mean, yeah. that that's something interesting when it gets, I think, into the next episode. How what Tambor considers him, you know, but he's plugged into this machine, totally wired. And that is how they're getting the information Mm -hmm. of of this algorithm from him. He's not physically sitting there in a room singing like a canary, as some people would say Mm -hmm. from like the old mob days, but he's literally plugged in and they're pulling it out of him. And he even gets to the point to where they get him out of there. He's not unplugged yet. But he will sit there and say, you know what, I have to get to the shuttle and escape the Citadel. So to a certain extent, he still thinks he's at the Citadel, but they're pulling the stuff out of him. Yeah, that was that was so sad to see. It was creepy. You know, he he still thinks he's he's basically back on the Citadel. And it takes him all to kind of wake up and realize that, oh, no, he's he's somewhere very different. uh, Mm. Plugged into this machine. He, he, He later on does have knowledge of what was going on right he, he talks about how he was aware of what was happening and um was able to get a bunch of data from the separatist um systems but at this point in time at least he's kind of delirious and mm-hmm. takes him all to realize that you know his his brothers have come for him and uh he's actually very surprised to see rex and very excited and that is where the second episode ends. And we move on to The Clone Wars on the Wings of Kyrdax, written by Brett Friedman, again. Um, you'll hear that you know, throughout the whole arc. Mm. Uh, and directed. this one was directed by Bosco Ng. And uh, we'll skip over the synopsis since, um, you know, we're kind of, you kind of already get an idea of what's going on. And uh, just go straight to the Jedi fortune cookie, which is, in war, there is no such thing as neutrality. Uh, which is very interesting given the whole techno-union uh, aspect here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, the episode picks where, up where we left off with the clones holding off the droid forces while Tech and Rex try to ha- help Echo. You know, they're on their own. No help is coming. And they have to be very careful um, unplugging Echo from the system without a, without a special bypass. And while they're doing that, Anakin talks with Wat Tambor. Yeah, this is this is where it's interesting because, you know, Anakin's not begging, but he's going to barter. And then, you know, this is where Tambor comes up and claims neutrality is more neutral for the techno union. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. It's like Tambor claims neutrality is more neutral for the techno union. And Echo is legally 
purchased from the separatists. Yeah, now, that was the fa- fascinating part for me. Yeah, I mean that's he treats he's treating Echo as property. Uh-huh. And he's also and he's not just treating Echo as property, but he's treating everything on the planet as property, even the primitives. And he he got so so creepy about this because he comes up with this new decimator, this organic decimator, that if it locks onto anything that has even a vital sign, that it will turn things to dust. And if you remember back to the old 1960s Adam West Batman movie, like I do, um, there was a thing in which it used to, that would, and I think even a Star Trek episode did the same thing, where it would take everything and dehydrate it. And that's kind of what this thing did. And it's just creepy that Watt Tambo used it on one of the natives just to prove to Anakin that this is what it's going to do. And even with that, Anakin just refuses to surrender, but he turns around and is like, guys, we need to get out of here. Could somebody get him out? Could somebody get Echo out of this thing fast because we got to get moving? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a creepy weapon with like these um... – energy tendrils yeah that's, yeah. that's I, was, I was thinking lasers but energy tendrils is a perfect word for that i think now they i think in this case go throughout the, the whole room and mm-hmm. the way the animation worked on this without it being finished i think made it even creepier if it was finished animation it would be creepy but with the way it looked i think it worked perfectly oh it was so awesome yeah and you know, so that 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 the decimator starts to move into the room, um, but they were um, they were able they're able to detach um, uh, Echo in time. He's actually able to help them detach himself from the system, which is fascinating. And in typical uh, Star Wars fashion, they escape through a ventilation shaft. Yes, uh, it's right at the top of the ceiling. They kind of throw themselves up. Well, no, wait, a minute. wait, wait, wait. It was Wrecker who was throwing everybody up. Yes, the strong guy, of course. Yes. Uh, and then they that set off. Aim, a bunch by of... the way, because he was able to get how many up there without an issue? Oh, except for one. Anakin's like, "Don't bother. I got this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they they all escape through the 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 ventilation shaft and then blow up the room, much to uh, Watt Tambor's dismay, because he sent the decimator in and. He was very shocked when it returned no life signs. Uh, they, they, you know, in your typical movie fashion, they escape just before the decimators just in the nick tendrils of time. enter the room and and that sort of thing. But Tambor is distraught um, due to the loss of all of these years of research and his beautiful machines. Um, and still, it just goes to prove that it was a Echo was property, and his property was destroyed. Just, mm. oh, man. Yeah. But because Echo is tied into the machine, he has access to all the separatist schematics and plans and all sorts of um, details. So while the, the separatists got a lot out of him, he got a lot of it out of them as well. And by escaping, they are uh, losing a ton of valuable information. So naturally, they, they pursue. Um they, they run out onto this pipe kind of balanced between the two buildings, you know, thousands of feet in the air. And uh, and that's when some droids appear on the other side and they're surrounded. I, I also appreciated Tech asking if anyone wanted to hear the odds of their survival kind of taking the place of C-3PO in many ways. Yes. 
It's like, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting here like this. I don't want to hear the odds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also learned that tech, I guess, is constantly recording everything that's going on, or at least he was recording the, the distress call of the, of the Kyrdax, the flying creatures from, uh, the, the previous episode. Yep. And he uses it to, uh, to call them to their rescue and they all hop aboard the Kyrdax and uh, get another nice little pursuit through the through the skies, but this time on the Kyrdax. It's uh, a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then of the course, new droids, the, the new droids in this episode, they're they could fly. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, forgot they, about that. Yeah, this was. Uh, hey, the the way we're going through this because remember we are going through four episodes. Um, there is some things we are we're missing little things, but not not an awful lot and. They did introduce within this these episodes a new droid that was very. How would you describe these? Because they're not your typical battle droids in these. They're kind of spine. I guess I was going to say spinely and thin, but that kind of yeah. describes the, the others as well. So you like almost. What I really like. Yeah, I really yeah. liked that we we've been seeing these droids now for you know almost two full episodes or an episode and a half, mm-hmm. and this is the first time you realize that oh, like. Their weird arms are because they can fly. And it's just, it's really cool. Yeah, these wings appear and they start soaring through the sky after the heroes on their, the Kyrdex. And this leads to a, a giant um, a giant battle at, uh, at the village. You know, they arrive with just enough time to convince the chief, hey, you know, the, we're under attack. Um, please help us. You know, the chief thinks they broke their promise by bringing the war to them, but they, they show uh, him echo and they're horrified by what happened mm-hmm. and decide that, you know, they're the techno union is definitely not neutral. Um, the interesting thing to me is that Anakin not, not once does Anakin mention the fact they killed one of their fellow natives with the decimator. He, they you know, said show Anakin. Very, show very echo. true. Very true. But I mean, maybe it just—they didn't have as much proof, and yeah. what are they gonna do at that point, right? They killed yeah. one of your own instead of like, here's Echo with all these like wires hanging out of him, and and that sort of thing. Um, and so then another yes. big battle ensues. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's this is one of those cases where uh, I got some pretty serious uh, episode six vibes, where you've got the natives who have, or maybe more episode one than episode six, but. Mm-hmm. You've got a bunch of natives who have like the giant, what is it, Jialai kind of? Oh, Hylai. Is that what it is? Hylai, yeah. I've never seen it uh, spelled out, but you know, the, the things that let you throw curved like balls really, really far. Yep. Uh, going up against these battle droids, and uh, we got the return of one of those, I don't know, the big guys with the balls on top with the three mm-hmm. guns sticking out. Those, 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 t- those special um, separatist walkers. Yeah. The spe- I, I don't remember the exact walkers. model off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I, sh- I should know that, but I don't. Um, of course, these ones can also fly, and they kind of looked like giant balloons while they were doing it. But I mean, it actually, makes sense given the oh, yeah. the, Geometry. the landscape <laughs> of uh, of uh, Skakaminer. Yeah, but it's a really cool battle. We got uh, Crosshair saving Rex. We got to saving see... the chief. The chief. Excuse me. Yes, the chief. I knew that. <laughs> uh, sorry. What I was thinking of. Not... Crosshair saving Rex. I don't know if you'd actually want to save Rex. It was too good. Uh, too much. Yeah. Well, 
he meant he might not save Rex at this point, but remember there were four episodes or, or some episodes coming later. But at this point, he right, saves the what, chief. What I was thinking of is when Wrecker throws Rex up onto the walker. Ah, yes. Ah, there really you go. Cool shot. Not, not again, as Rex says. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's one of the things I again I'd love to see it fully animated because you like see Rex yeah. sailing into the air. And he actually almost overshoots the target. He goes up and over instead of like just barely catching. And it's just... It's what Wrecker does. Wrecker's just Wrecker. Rec- Wrecker's gonna wreck? He's, Something like that. He's setting records? Uh, 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 moving on. Uh, close. So the, the, the walkers fall, and at that point, the Separatists, I guess, decide that they're gonna lose. Because all of a sudden, all of the droids just turn and run. Yep. Which was interesting. Um, Tambor, of course, is very upset. Tambor is always upset. Well, Mm. that's true. You know, he's he's always upset. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And uh, and he he calls the loss of, of Echo a big blow to the Techno Union's profit margins and you know, he wants to find a way to recoup their investments and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, business, business, business. Yeah, business as usual for Tambor. But he decides not to tell anyone that he's lost Echo because that would look bad and he wants to fix it before. And before. that would be his fatal flaw. Yes, it is. Because well, in the not next his fatal episode, flaw. Well, well well, it's it becomes true. a fatal flaw. Yes. Because in the next episode, Unfinished Business, written by Brent Friedman and directed by Pr- Brian Kalen O'Connell, um, the Jedi Forging Cookie is learn from the past, but live for the future. So we pick up back on Anaxis with... Uh, Mace Windu proposing that the uh, Republic airdrop into the assembly complex and fight their way out. Uh, but Echo comes up with a plan to basically tap into the uh, the the systems of Trench's ship so they can convince the Ar- Trench's army to do what, uh, what they want instead of what mm-hmm. the algorithm would, uh, would have suggested. Uh, and of course, Trench does not know that um, he lost, uh, that Tambor lost Echo. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can they can fool them and and Echo's actually glad to be helping the Republic for once instead of you know accidentally I guess um, giving the separatists them. intel. Yeah. Now now this is not the first time they've dropped in through the roof, correct? Because I believe that's kind of the same thing that happens in Episode Three, Attack of the Clones. Yes, yes, it, it was uh, it looked a lot like um, Revenge of the Sith when the clones arrive. On I'm sorry. Re- why did I say Attack of the Clones? I meant Sith. <laughs> I knew, why? I knew what you meant. Thank it, you. It's late. Well, it was uh, we, it was the clones attacking. I guess I I, I flipped words. Yes, in Episode Three. Yes, Episode Three. The attack of the clones on Utapau uh, against General Grievous. Right, Tom. Yes. That's exactly how it worked. Yes, that's exactly uh, what I meant. Help me. <laughs> Okay, so this I think was probably one of my favorite uh, uh, lines uh, or or scenes. Without a doubt, yes. Yeah, I mean, so it it reminded me in many ways of the Genny Tartakovsky series. Yes, Mace Windu arrives at the the assembly complex and standing in front of 
hundreds of battle droids. And he faces them and he says, and I actually had to write down the whole quote because it was so great. My name is General Mace Windu of the Jedi Order. At this point in the Clone War, I've dismantled and destroyed over 100,000 of you Type 1 battle droids. I'm giving you an opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos that you spread across the galaxy. Of course, the droids respond by uh, just shooting him. So, didn't work out too well. But that that line was just fantastic. Mace would do basically saying, yeah, you know, all you guys surrender because I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, I'm that awesome. Very Mace Windu. You know, we we always see Mace Windu being kind of, I don't, I think I would use the word haughty anytime he's in the council. You know, this kind of, he gets a lot of respect, and you're you're never quite sure why. This mm-hmm. is why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you have to you have to hand it for Obi Wan to literally turn to him after the battle starts, and just he turns to Mace and goes, "Well, I guess it was worth a try." <laughs> It was so great that they, they keep throwing so many battle droids at at Obi Wan and Mace Windu. Mm. I mean, after that initial that initial batch, um, Echo plugs into the uh, to the system and intercepts Tambor's request just in time um, for a, a strategy and sends them back bad data, basically sending all of the droids to Mace Windu and Obi Wan's position. And when Mace and Obi-Wan find out, they're, uh, they're a little bit surprised, and Anakin won't yeah. really give them too many details about why every single battle droid on the planet's coming to them. But uh, you know, they, they, they roll with it. Now, now this, this was where you'd have to sit there and question, was this actually Echo turning against them? I mean, I do see the logic when, you actually, when it actually happened. But there was that question, is he doing it for the proper reason, or is he doing it because they did turn him? Sure. I don't think they actually played up it up that much in the episode. I yeah. think if they'd had more time, they, they that would have been a fun thing to explore. Yep. You know, them saying, oh, we're sending all the droids to Mace Windu and Obi-Wan and, and maybe having some doubt in everyone's minds. Like, are they actually... Yeah. Is Echo actually uh, yeah, helping their he actually at this turn. point? Yeah. But they didn't really touch on that too much it was more of a you know they they question him like oh well, why are you sending him toward anakin and and oh, sorry toward obi-wan and mace and he's like well then they're all in one place so we can disable them all at once mm-hmm. sure why not i'm not exactly yeah. sure how they how they released the pulse which overloaded all the droids but uh but it was it was a if Echo was able to get a, into the system, he was able to probably do it. I mean, that that you could live with. That it was the it was the easy way to continue the story, if you want to look at it that sure, way. Sure. That it can work. Sure. Unfortunately, Trench has a backup plan. While he's surprised yeah, by the uh, by the sudden turn of events, he doesn't rely just on algorithms, which is what you'd expect from Trench, because he's a yeah, I was, brilliant tactician. This is one of the things, like, it had bothered me at the start of the episode a lot, where it's like, okay, when we last saw Trench, he's he's supposed to be this amazing commander, you know, the best that the Separatists have, and, he, you know, here we see him, he's just relying on an algorithm, that's it. And it, it's, it was nice to know that he takes advantage of, the you know, whatever he can, but he's that's not all, he's got more cards up his sleeve. 
does he does he wear sleeves? <laughs> I mean, he's got six arms, so I'm gonna assume he has a sleeve somewhere. That it seems reasonable to me. That is, that is true. I don't know. Um, but no, he has a bomb in the assembly complex big enough to destroy most of the planet. So hang on, if we have a bomb that's big enough to destroy a planet, why do we need Death Stars? That's my question. Because Death yeah, Stars, yeah, but it's mobile. Yeah, exactly. But Death Stars mobile, and also let's not forget, it's indestructible except for that one exhaust port. Plus, plus Anakin, it's BYOD. Bring your own yeah. Death Star. <laughs> Bring your own Death Star. Okay. Yeah. Why not? To work. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> okay. So you've got this big old bomb hitting in the assembly complex. You've got May sitting there telling everybody, you know what? I'm going to go take care of this. And then you've got Anakin on Trench's ship going, I'm going to go get that code from Trench himself because I'm going to figure out a way to stop the bomb. And I'm going to give that information to Mace Windu. Yeah. So it's kind of a race. You know, Echo is already in the system. And so he's basically able to feed uh mace the, the the codes to disarm the sh- the the bomb because you know mace finds the bomb in this this room that looks a lot like the death star's main reactor actually speaking of the death star yeah, um but the, this there's a shield around it and so mace has to use the force to flip this these switches uh remotely in the order that uh the echo tells him um in order to basically shut down the the shields and disarm the bomb um, but the the separatists basically have caused the server to overload Echo's nervous system uh, when he's I think one digit away from entering the code. Yep, and yep. it's always oh, it's as wrong. usual. Uh, and so it's really up to Anakin at this point. And boy, is he uh, is he not happy? Oh no. It's always nice to see Anakin uh, embrace his dark side, if you will. And I think he even mentions that at a certain point, because you've got, he has the lightsaber to Trench, and it's like, you know, Trench is almost like, well, you're not going to do anything, because you know you're a Jedi, and there's no way you're going to do anything. (laughs) It's a a good Trench voice, Tom. Well, I tried. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trench, as you said, Tom, refuses to give up the sequence to disarm the bomb, and Anakin is not too happy about him about Trench calling him weak, so he cuts off all of his robotic left arms. And when I say left I mean, arms, because he has what three, four, on each side. He's got three Something on each like side. That. He's yeah. a spider. Yeah. So Note that Anakin is already showing more uh, grace than Obi Wan, chopping off the arms that have already missing instead <laughs> of the ones that you know. That's a that good point. Be, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. He did chop off his, you know, machine arms so they can be replaced easily. But as soon as, um, as soon as, so he he doesn't have very long. Let's put let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, because off camera, somehow Anakin convinces Trench to give up the code. I suspect just cutting off his robotic arms wouldn't have been enough. No. But we don't really see much about it. Um, all we know is that in the next shot, Anakin is giving the final uh, number in the sequence to Mace, and the bomb is disabled. Um, but at that point, Trench attacks Anakin, and uh, Anakin impales him with his lightsaber. Any excuse yeah. to use that lightsaber and kill him? 
And with that, we see the death of Admiral Trench. Moment of silence. Indeed. So, the Bad Batch ends up escaping the ship with Echo, but Echo is still unconscious. But, you know, the one thing I enjoyed (laughs) right before Anakin left the bridge of the ship, he hit a little button, and what do you know? This little plunger pops up out of a chair, and he goes walking off with it. And what was that plunger? It was a self-destruct button. And here you've got one... One of the guys from Bad Batch always complaining he wanted to blow something up. And Anakin gives him the pleasure of well, blowing up the ship. Yeah, and it, it was so great to see that competition between Wrecker and Crosshair there. You know, Wrecker's taking out all the droids with style. Oh, forgot about that. I'm as sorry. they escape. Yeah. And Wrecker takes out tons of battle droids. And then Crosshair throws a bunch of these devices around the ship. This isn't the first time we saw them in the episode, but Mm -hmm. they looked kind of like thermal detonators that could be stuck to a wall. But when Crosshair shot them, the the blaster bolt just basically bounced off of them. Yeah, they were Um, ricocheting. So I guess just a way to cause the bolts to ricochet, I guess, maybe. it, It wasn't super clear there, but he's basically, he throws a bunch of these around the corridor, and Steven, jump in here if you have a, uh, any more details on exactly how this works. But uh, and, and is able to use a single shot with, with a sniper rifle um, to eliminate all the droids, basically bouncing the blaster bolt around the, the corridor and taking out everybody. Um, and I guess they're they're keeping ca- track because Crosshair ended up destroying way more droids than Wrecker, and Wrecker was not happy, which is why he was thrilled to get the detonator from Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he calls it the happiest day of his life. <laughs> oh, Wrecker. Uh, and then when the ship blows up, it not only takes out Admiral Trench's ship, but it took out a pretty decent amount of the Separatist ships that were up there. So it was a pretty good win. By all accounts, I'd say so. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. And then when you get yeah, and then then when they finally get back to the Republic base, Mace thanks Captain Rex, Corporal Echo, and Clone Force ninety nine for reclaiming Anaxis, and they get medals for this one. So Got yeah, I, so I want to get to your guys' thoughts on this. I felt like it was kind of an odd ending. Um, they hmm. basically were like, oh hey. Thanks um, for your help, you guys. Appreciate it. Um, thanks to your work, we can expect more victories on all battlefields across the galaxy. The end. It's not, not it's, bad. Uh, it would just... Yeah, are, are you saying that the ending was too quick? Or too Almost. convenient? Not convenient. It just seemed too understated, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that's this is one of those places where it just... Because of the type of episode that this was, and you know, it's because the, it's they kind of obviously started, I think, with a hey, we want to bring Echo back, let's mm-hmm. find a story to work around Echo. And they come up with this kind of elaborate, like, okay, so there's an algorithm and it's you know, prevents them from doing this and that, and like it lets the separatists win. And it, like, when you come back around full circle, it's like, well, like, we kind of need to like do justice to this algorithm concept, but we also need to not, because it's kind of over the top. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of how the ending feels too. Like it's on the one hand, they, they it's, this is just an arc about Echo. Like we don't need anything else. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, well, you did just kind of win the battle for this planet single-handedly. How do we recognize that? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's, you get this weird, uh, I won't say like dichotomy or mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, thinking about it a little more, I, I, I feel like the reason why it didn't quite sit perfectly with me was that um, the whole arc felt like Echo. It was about Echo, and mm-hmm. we get the whole thing with, um, I mean, we know Echo is rescued, but we don't know what happens to him after that. And I know that was supposed yeah. to be addressed in the mm-hmm. next arc, which unfortunately doesn't look like we'll, we'll ever get. Um, so it does kind of feel unfinished if i can use that term with these unfinished well, episodes okay well, here, here's uh, but a, at the same time like you know it, it would it would have made sense i guess if it was aired like this normally uh it's just because that's the end of the story as far as we know it's mm-hmm. disappointing mm-hmm. but again we're we're lucky we're getting even these and yes really complain right okay so here's a question for you is where do you think echo in your mind if this story were to continue where do you think he's going to end up I don't know. I mean, do you think he continued working for the Republic? Did he go? But I'm guessing he didn't go back to active duty. But maybe he's sitting in a base somewhere. He has all this separatist intel. I don't know. There's there's lots of lots of places they could go with it. A really cool cyborg body. Well, yeah, a cyborg I mean, body. Yeah, some kind of cyborg. Body. He seemed to be True. much better near the end, mm. having recovered. But well, he, you could kind of compare him to who was the one the um, from Rebels that Ezra knew that had the Lobot thing on his head. Sebo. Sebo, right. So you can kind of compare him to Sebo in this case. He was kind of like the first one to where he has all these secrets in his head or all these plans in his head because he's been tied to that equipment for so long. He's got to have something in there the Republican use against the Separatists. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like he's probably goes back in as an analyst for a while, trying to recover with his body and, you know, but use the secrets he knows. And then we get an episode that's akin to the, uh, well, like, we need an expert on separatist computer systems. Ah, call Echo. Mm-hmm. And that's the start of his new arc or something, something along those lines, I feel. Yeah, yeah, which would be, which I would have loved to see. But maybe we'll get it in a, a book or a... Or a comic, comic or, something. or something. We can yeah. hope. Yeah. But in the meantime, this is what we got for yep. the Clone Wars Legacy. Um, we up for Tom, our ratings. Yeah. Do you want to give us your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts. I'm going to give it a Womp Rat rating scale of nine. Love to give it a ten. Want to give it a ten? I'd give it a ten if it was complete. <laughs> I would have to say complete, complete. No, no I, um, I think we should. Keep the the visual quality okay out right. of this and just you know go what? based on pure story and like shot and sound effects because those those were closer okay. to final. Then then I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it a nine point five just on that aspect. Um, I did I have to give it the nine point five because we saw it on the big screen at celebration. Uh, was blown away at that point still blown away at this point of how good the episode was i really really appreciated it um you did have to suspend your belief in certain points of it but i loved it i i think 
if this is the last of the Clone Wars we get, and I mean the last of anything coming out, uh, I think this was a good way to go. So I'm going to take my 9.5 Womp Rats. I'm going to give them to Wat Tambor, Wat Tambor, and I'm going to let him do whatever he wants with them. Because you know what? I'm going to sell them for Republic Credits. And Republic now, Credits? Yes. Republic Credits are no good at here. No good in we need some money. But I'm going to give him the, you know, I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. I'm going to take my, my money and run. So, hey. it's Star Wars Celebration. I'm sorry, Star Wars Weekends. I'm so hooked on Celebration, guys. I'm sorry. I'd love to go back. How, no, how could you not be? Yeah, I know. And see you guys again and hang out. Oh, there you so, go. So much fun. Steven, you up? You want to do the next one? Ooh. Okay, so I think, I think I'm going to have to go with a 9 out of 10 Womp Rats. And it's, I think like you, it's the... Uh, the pieces they used to get into and out of the story around, you know, the, the algorithm, things like that kind of rub me a little bit wrong. Like, it's it's almost too convenient, and it's... I don't know. I feel like they're, like if you're going to go with something that, like, that big, an algorithm that can predict the entire Republic strategy, you don't use it to win a battle on one tiny planet. Um, so I think that that's probably my biggest complaint from a narrative standpoint. Everything else I thought was absolutely fantastic. So I'll do it a 9 out of 10. Um... And my Womp Rats, they, they seem normal by, at, at first, but it's only about 20, 30 minutes in that you realize my Womp Rats can fly. <laughs> what? I know. Awesome. Wow. They evolved. Genetic mutation. <laughs> um, so let's see. I, I, I really enjoyed this arc. As you guys, I think you guys did a great job summarizing already, but... Um, it was such an awesome experience to see it on the big screen at the digital yeah. stage at Celebration mm-hmm. Anaheim. And then have, you know, Dave Filoni and Brent Friedman and Mac, Matt McNewitz talk about it afterward. Um, so, so awesome. And just be able to see it with all of our, our friends um, in, in one place. I think the story itself was was really cool. It was not perfect. You know, there were some uh, couple question marks here and there like, oh, how did, you know, they... Uh, um, how did they get the? How exactly does the algorithm work? And mm-hmm. like you pointed out, Steve, I don't, I don't need to reiterate all this stuff. But uh, overall, extremely enjoyable, a lot of fun. Um, I can only imagine how awesome it would have been uh, fully finished. But um, I, I think overall, again, ignoring the the, the quality of the animation and the visuals, I'm going to give it eight point five out of ten. Uh, I also want to call out. Um, uh, congrats, you know, Deep Rally Breaker's great work. He had to do, yeah. you know, four unique clones. They still had to feel mm-hmm. like clones, but they had to feel just different enough that they could be, um, you know, like a bad batch of clones. And so he did an awesome job there. So I, I'm going to give it 8.5 Womp Rats out of 10. Um, a little unusual. Uh, usually I'm, I'm on the higher side. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm yeah. just being the low one here. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe I should, should I go back and should I drop mine? I don't think I should. <laughs> hey, I'm the guy that's 9.5. So the, the, my, my thinking for those of you curious, I was like, well, this was so great, but it, you know, it, it wasn't like it was something about order 66 or mm. some big revelation with the force or, 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 or whatnot. So I, I had to give it an 8.5 just on that, on that scale. Uh, but still extremely, extremely enjoyable. Highly recommend it. Um, 
definitely go watch it. It's available free on StarWars.com, so there's no reason why you shouldn't watch Bad Batch. Also, you uh, should not be, have listened to this entire episode if you didn't watch Bad Batch. Correct. So. Yeah. Um, correct. I don't know. It's a little weird if you got this far, but uh, I know hey, some people maybe... who do listen to our show without actually watching the original episodes. And Do they go back and watch after? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's mm-hmm. interesting, um, hmm. but I don't recommend it. Uh, yeah, especially just because one. you don't get as much out of it. So, right, highly, highly recommend watching it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So, my eight point five Womp Rats. Um, unfortunately, uh, like Tom, they're going to be hanging out with Wat Tambor. But uh, I'm going to put um, uh, half of the Womp Rat in the Stasis Pod. Uh, that that one half a womp rat because you know he kind of can't be on his own. If he's oh, a good point. Rat. And the other eight womp rats, they have a a date with the decimator. I was hoping. Oh, oh. And with that, I think uh, we're just about done. Yeah. The only thing we have coming up is coming up on the Ion Cannon podcast for two future episodes. We will be reviewing uh, Heir to the Jedi. Oh, Tom. I'm sorry. Um, It is not my favorite book out of this whole thing. And then we're going to be reviewing Rebel Season 2 premiere on June. Well, it premieres June 20th. But we will be reviewing that. Excellent. Yes. So stay tuned. Um, We probably won't have an episode... Ah, so it's tricky. Might, we might not have one episode next weekend or the week after that, uh, just because we have people going out of town. Well, it would be next weekend. Can't be the weekend after that because I'll oh, yeah. be I'll be the three hours. Yeah, ahead. yeah. And I'm out uh, of town on next weekend. So. But the weekend after that is the uh, the Rebels season two premiere. So we'll, we'll definitely be reviewing that. Um, having it's our whole tight our full tight. spoiler review instead of the spoiler free one, which. I'll be honest, it's a little hard to chat about yes. a, uh, do a spoiler-free review of something you watched a month ago and yep. then can't talk about any of the spoilers on because all three of us have seen it versus I think in the past only a, a few of us would have seen mm-hmm. an early premiere. Yeah. So there was some question and answer going on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to really digging in deep on that, that premiere. It's going to uh, be good. How is it? Mm-hmm. Is it really only... Three weeks away. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to see it again. That's Exciting. what I'm looking yep. for. Yeah, I can't wait either. And then there's going to be a long wait till the next episode in, in, uh, in October. Why? Why does it have October. to be so long? So. But we're still going to have shows in between that time, so please stay tuned. Yes, exactly. we got Heir to the Jedi. We have um, Lords, of the, Lords Sith. of the Sith. Lords of the Sith. Oh, please let that be next. <laughs> well, in order to... We've got to get through Heir to the Jedi first. Well, yeah, but Not I think somebody needs to read it, doesn't he? I don't know what you're talking about. There's, I, I've read that book cover to cover. There's so many, you know, Sith in it and Lords, and it's just wow. Okay. And with that, I think we're done. We are done. I Thanks sure for listening, so. guys. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. 
The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.